I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I hope you're having a good day today. And let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If you're starting to actually diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak on based on my experiences. I also on the right to the intro and outro. They were found on konghive.com and mp3-convert.org. I also have a mission to say I'd like to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the negative stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities not to be pitied, there's nothing to be sorry about. I also have a page for the following. Philip May and Owensburg Auto must be heard about. Owensburg Auto is an auto body shop run by the amazing Philip May that specializes in collision repair and even offers towing services as well. They now offer paintless dent repair or PDR options with two full-time expert tentacles for hail damage, Gordings, light creases, and dents. Owensburg Auto is an authorized Rhino Pro bed liner applicator spraying tough coat material with 10 color options. You can get full restorations and all over paint jobs, painting of equipment, machinery, or whatever you need painted at Owensburg Auto. And there are also some people I like to thank. I want to say that last Thursday was my birthday and I turned 20. Thank you to those who wish me a happy birthday and have been in my life at some point in my lifetime. Next, I want to recognize Joe Purcell, or as we call him, Big Joe. And C-122, meet Big Joe for more information. He has drawn and continues to draw illustrations for our book. We are so grateful for the time you have taken for us. And since the last episode, I was on the Mental Mages podcast with Shana and Katie. What an amazing podcast. Please take a listen. Today, we are talking to the amazing 14-year-old musician, Jacob Velasquez. He is best known for appearing on the 15th, or for people who want to know the season, 2020 season, of America's Got Talent. While on AGT, Simon Cowell stated, you just have this amazing aura about you. I think you're going to inspire lots of people. Even though he got eliminated from the show, Simon's prediction was correct. Because although he has lived with PDD, NOS, persuasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified since he was four and a half years old, life has not stopped him at all. Because he has appeared on shows such as Good Morning America, the View and the Steve Harvey Show has been on the front of the Sun Sentinel newspaper. That is not all because the one and only pop star Taylor Swift endorsed his music by stating that the music he played was beautiful. His mission even aligns with mine because as he stated, just because you have a diagnosis doesn't mean you aren't smart, talented, and capable of great things. It does mean we are unique, different, and cool. So without further ado, I'd like everyone to help me welcome Mr. Velasquez to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Mr. Velasquez, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. How are of you Of course. Doing? I, you know, it's kind of funny. I didn't tell you this, but when you came on America's Got Talent at 12 years old, I actually wanted you. I was like, I'm going to get this guy on. And here we are, man. Yeah, here we are. This is awesome. So my first question to you is, what does having PDD NOS mean to you? So PDD-NOS stands for Pervasive Developmental Disorder, not otherwise specified, which is a form of autism. And I just think it means that you are unique, different, and cool. Where did you come up with that? Did it just pop in your head one day? And so state, I'm going to use it? Or where did it come from? I kind of just thought like, that's really what it is. I kind of think like a lot of people might feel PDD-NOS or any form of autism or diagnosis might make them not as worthy or something like that, or maybe not as good as other people. But really, it just makes you different than other people. It makes you unique, different, and it makes you very, very cool. It does make you cool because look what we can do. I mean, you are an underdog, but you can get over 
the underdog world and become an overdog in a sense. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. So what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had PDD NOS? So I was really young when my mom first told me that I had PDD NOS. And I originally actually thought it was kind of a superpower because she told me it helped me with my piano. And she told me it made me really smart. She also told me that it kind of enhanced my senses. So like I was a lot more sensitive to loud noises, like toilets flushing. And also it enhanced my sense of touch. And so tads on clothes would really bother me. I'm sure that kind of would bother anyone, but it bothered me like extra. And also I couldn't deal with anything tight around my neck because, and that's why I have my ties a little bit looser. That's me too. I hate tags on the clothes. I hate that too. Yeah. That drives yeah. me nuts. I don't know how anyone can put up with that, to be honest with you. For me, I'm yeah. like, if I'm wearing this shirt, you better cut this tag off or it ain't happening. And the tie, I'm not a big fan of regular ties. This is a good right. idea, maybe. Try a bow tie. It's loose and it actually is comfortable if you get it loose enough. I tried a bow tie once, but I think what happened was in order like for me to not feel uncomfortable, I had to have it really loose and it kind of looked weird. Whereas with a regular tie, it didn't look as weird just having it a little bit looser. Yeah. So the next thing you know, the bow tie is like, like looking just down right. and like, right, exactly. Okay, this ain't going to work. Yeah. Right. So that's what I thought. So I was just like, all right, maybe I'll go with just like a regular tie instead. Yeah. And it, so, it worked out well is what it seemed like. Yeah. It did work out really nicely. And I got to ask, you say you didn't like the toilets flushing. What about, did you not like the toilets flushing? If you don't mind me asking. So the reason I didn't like the toilets flushing is because it sounded really loud, especially like public toilets. And so I would always like have to cover my ears because it would bother me because I was really sensitive to loud noises. Right. I'm very sensitive to certain noises myself. I'm very certain to, this isn't a noise really, but it's just a pet peeve of mine. Getting startled. I hate yeah. that. It makes me just mad. Like, yeah. I know you're like, ooh, ha, 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 I gotcha. That's not cool because one, I think it's kind of rude. Two, at yeah. the same time, it's just that it's unexpected. And I'm the type of person who doesn't like unexpected noises. I don't care for unexpected noises myself. Sometimes if I turn around and it's like someone I'm friends with or something like that, or someone I'm close to, I'll be like, oh, it's fine. I'll still be a little bit like bothered by it, but I'll still be like, I'll be all right. But then I just, I'll just like... You'll be uh, the bigger I'll person. Feel, right. I'll feel, And I'll also feel better knowing that, like, I'll get them back next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to have some fun in somehow, man. Right, exactly. So I just kind of look at it like that. Now, how do you think a person with PDD NOS brains operate? So I think someone with PDD NOS, at least for me, an overactive brain in certain areas. So, like, for example, I have kind of the ability to hyper-focus on what I'm interested in. And so I'll spend like as much time as it takes to get something perfect. Like if I'm making something with music, I'll spend as much time as I feel that it I need to spend in order to get it as good as I want it to sound. I was also diagnosed with OCD. So I think that's also something to do with it. And I also have repetitive behaviors, especially when I was younger. Everything had to be a certain way. Like one certain light had to be on. Otherwise, like I couldn't just function. I remember my mom telling me that I had like building blocks and I had to put the colors in the right order when I would put them back in the box because otherwise I just would be able to go to sleep at night if I didn't have them in the right order. That story reminds me of something too, Jacob. It actually reminds me of two stories more I think of it. The first story it reminds me of is during Christmas, I always line my toys up in the order I got them. So if I got the Hershey bars and then the Wii game, it would mm -hmm. be, I put that in the line like to remember 
what right. I got first. And I thought it was kind of yeah. cool myself. And I questioned why no one else was doing it. But that's, again, just me. Second story is I was kind of like you when I was younger when I had toy food. As a child, so I line them up in a certain order. My mother decided one day, it wasn't to be me, but just to see what would happen, is she'd switch them. And I'm not kidding you, brother, I had a meltdown, and after the meltdown, I had to switch it right back. Yeah, that's probably exactly what I would have done. I would run right over there and just, like, try to switch it as fast as I can. So then, because otherwise, I feel like I'm not able to, like, properly function, especially when I was younger. I've learned a little bit more how to, like, handle it now, because I think... Not everyone's going to do exactly what I want them to do. And that's just kind of the world we live in. When I was really young, I wouldn't be able to like function without something being a certain way. So like if I had the light switch on, I wanted it to just be on. And if I heard like it turned off, like I could hear the click sound of when the light switch would turn off. And then I would run over there and turn it back on. That reminds me of another story too. When I yeah. lived in my old house, I used to live in another house. We had these water taps, like a water jar we can just tap. My idea was I always wanted it up. So anytime I heard the point and the water pour, I'd run to the water tap area and just flip it back on. Yeah. In my brain, I thought it has to be like this. This is routine and this is structure for my brain. Right. This is structure for my brain. I like that idea. Now, what is the most rewarding and most difficult part about having PDD NOS? So I'd say the most rewarding part of having PDD NOS is that it makes me different than others, which is a good thing because I don't want to be just like exactly like everyone else. I think God kind of created me to be different than everyone else. So that's who I want to be. But at the same time, I would say the most difficult part of having PDD NOS would also be that it makes me different than others in the sense of like, sometimes for other people, I'm a little bit harder to understand for them. And sometimes it's harder for me to understand other people. It's not as easy to have like certain conversations or something like that. But I've been learning to kind of adapt to different environments because I've been going to church a whole lot and I've been learning how those people talk because not everyone there has like a diagnosis and stuff. And so I've been learning kind of how to just talk with other people from being there in the way that they'd understand. And I kind of concur with that too, because when I talk to other people, sometimes I don't know what to say. It's like, and then I'm like, uh, right. Exactly. What do you want me to say? Sometimes it seems like maybe they say something, but at least for someone like me or someone like you, it might just be like, wait a second. I was focusing on what you were saying. Now I have to say something. So now it's like, what do I say? And then a lot of times I just won't really say anything. Or sometimes I'll just try to say something, but then like, I'll learn the next time, like what to say and what not to say. Yeah. In a sense, we overfocus and overanalyze. I overanalyze at least something or at least every day. Now, what advice would you give to others who have PDD NOS? I would say to anyone that has PDD NOS, like I said before, you are unique, you are different, you are very cool. It makes you different than others, and that doesn't make you better or worse than anyone else. Now, what about the advice for the others who don't see that we are unique, different, and cool? Like, I guess what advice on the, for the other side? So like for the people who don't have PDD NOS? For the people who don't agree with us. For the thing, oh my gosh, they're not unique. They're just dumb, idiotic, and stupid. Well, I think what happens a lot of times is maybe certain people might just see maybe the way we're talking and they don't understand that we have PDDNOS, and they don't really understand what that means. And so maybe if we say something, they might see it as rude, but we're not trying to be rude. We're just saying it because it's like what we think. And that's just kind of how we talk because that's how our brains kind of function. And so I would say, don't be upset with anyone if maybe they do something that makes you 
think that they're weird or maybe made you a little bit upset, I would say definitely maybe learn more about them so you could understand maybe how their brain works and how they kind of have learned to talk. Right. And I agree with that sense. I think sometimes what we do, and this is what I do all the time, is we speak before we think because I can't hold it in. They always say you should bottle that in. Eh, wrong. Try again because that's not going to happen because yeah. if I do bottle it in, then I'll just overthink you like, uh, should I have said that? Should I say it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it's just all I hear is blurbs. Right, exactly. All I hear is wah, 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 wah. What I've learned is that if I, I guess the way to not say something to upset someone is to just not say anything, especially at first. I wouldn't really know what would make people feel weird or whatever or make, make anything awkward. I just wouldn't know. But what I started realizing is as I would say more things and it would make the situation maybe a little bit awkward, then I would just learn for next time. All right, this is what I shouldn't say in this situation. This is what I should say here. And luckily for me, I've been able to like practice that with really good people. Like I said, I've been going to church a lot and all the people there, they're really nice and they're really supportive and they know that I have PDDNOS. And so I think they're all really helping me with that. So it's really awesome. That's pretty cool. Can you share us a way actually how you in a sense, organize it or a situation that happened with that once upon a time? Sometimes maybe if someone says something like a little bit maybe sarcastic, I'll think, oh, it's time to be sarcastic or whatever. It's time to be silly. And so I'll say something that I think is silly, but maybe it was a little bit like mean, but I didn't see it. Right. It came across the wrong way and I didn't see it that way, but I just kind of said it because I thought, oh, it's time to be funny. It's time to be sarcastic. And then everyone like stops laughing and it just feels weird. But I've kind of learned the more I'm in those situations, which I'm less in those kind of situations now, because I've kind of learned not to do those sort of things. The more I kind of experience and talk to people, the more I learn like what to do. Like I, like I said before, the more I learn what to do, the more I learn like w- what not to do. It's kind of like trying out different foods and everything. Like what food do you like? What food do you not? Like? What to do in the situation? What to not say and everything like that. Yes. It's like when to take the perfect bite and when to spit it out. Now, I do want to talk about your appearance on America's Got Talent. So what made you decide that you were going to go on America's Got Talent? So I am a big fan of America's Got Talent. Same. Um, I love watching. Yeah, and I love watching the celebrity judges and the contestants and everything. And so I actually found out that they were holding auditions in Miami of 2019. It was in around December. A producer actually reached out to me on Instagram and gave me a front of the line pass. So that way I wouldn't have to go to the auditions, just kind of stay in a super long line for like six or seven hours. Cause I wouldn't have been able to like sit and do that because I just wouldn't be able to sit that long. It was super awesome. I went into the first room to audition for some of the producers. After everyone in the room finished auditioning, the producers told all of the contestants to leave the room except for me. And then after that, they told me that I was moving on to the next round. And so the next round was I would move into another room in that same facility, but just like a different audition room. So I went into the second room and I auditioned for the executive producers of the show. So that was like the last room after I would go home. And so I went in there and they said, all right, so if we decide that you make it on the show, we'll call your mom in January of 2020. So I auditioned for them in December of 2019. And they said they would call me about a month or two later. And so then we got the call in January and it was super awesome. It was such a fun experience. And I was super glad that I got to perform for all the judges and everything. 
So you had to do two auditions before the actual audition? It was almost like two in-person auditions before. Like the first, first audition was like a video that I sent in. So the producer on Instagram that gave me the front of the line pass, he asked me to send him a video of what my act would kind of look like. And so I sent him the video and then that's when he gave me the front of the line pass. And then I went to the auditions in Miami and then I went into like the two in-person auditions for the producers and then the executive producers. And then I went to the California to perform for the celebrity judges. So it was almost like three like auditions before I actually did the fourth one. And for some people, it might be even more auditions. Some people, maybe it's a little bit less. I would say probably for the most part, you have like at least three auditions before you actually get on the show. That, that was confusing. So, but thank you for clarifying that. Now I, I got to talk to you about, I like this when he did it, this vision board. Why did you choose to do a vision board, brother? So the reason I chose to do a vision board is because I'm a very visual person. And so seeing my goals in pictures, like on a board in front of me, it helped me really get like excited and want to work towards them. That's awesome. Do you still have that? I do have it. It's actually upstairs in my room. I got like some of those like little glue things. It's not actual glue. It's kind of like, I'm not sure exactly what it's called. It's like Is little it, white. Pieces. Oh, it's on your wall. Right. It's okay. stitches in the wall. Okay. I won't have you go tear up the wall. So never mind. I'm going getting that. But anyway, yeah. now you also perform without an audience. So did you like it better with or without the audience? For me, I thought it was actually really cool to perform without an audience because I got a one-on-one -on -one with the judges. And I didn't expect it at all. So like I found out the night before the actual audition that there wasn't going to be an audience because like COVID-19 was starting to kind of be a thing. I found out it made me a little more scared and I was almost a little bit disappointed at first. But then when I did it, it was still awesome. And I thought it kind of worked out the way it did because I got to have kind of a more of a one-on-one -on -one with the judges. And also after the audition, and they didn't air this on live TV, but Simon called me off of the stage to talk with me for a few minutes. And so I'm not sure if that would have happened or not, if there was an actual audience, but I thought it was cool because we got to have the one-on-one. -on -one. But like for me, I do still love performing with for an audience because I love the energy and everything and making people smile and stuff and give them like good feelings and everything. Oh yeah, brother, music makes everyone smile. I think at least in some sense, there's one song that's going to make somebody smile. Yeah, uh, exactly. It may be different for everybody, clearly, but it's their song. Who says you can't have that song? Right. If you so don't own it, but you feel better about hearing it right. when you hear it. Right. So that's why I love writing music, because I get to kind of do that for other people. Even if it's technically my song and my idea, other people can still listen to it and kind of just feel the same feeling that I was feeling and everything. So that's what I love about writing songs as well. I'm definitely a writer myself. I don't write songs. I just write stories. And that's the reason why I write stories is just to make someone smile and make it relatable and to show that, hey, I'm a relatable type of guy. I can not really understand what you're going through, but relate to what you're going through. Now, you didn't get eliminated. You had to withdraw, and I learned that through a video. So my question is, when that happened due to the pandemic, how did you bounce back when you learned that you were not going into the next round? So originally, when I found out, I was devastated. I went to bed actually like in tears. But then I woke up the next day and I just felt like peace because I felt like God still had a plan for me. And so I decided to trust him and that gave me a lot of peace. And I talked to my Nana about it and everything and talking to my Nana also gave me like this really nice, like sense of peace because it was such an awesome experience. I'm so glad that I got to go on America's Got Talent, but I trusted God because I 
felt like he still had a plan for me. Right. How, how may I ask? How did your Nana? Is that what you said, Nana? Yeah. How did Nana help you? What did she say um, that made you click? Just what'd she do for you? Well, just talking to her really made me feel a lot better. Like what I was feeling, she kind of gave me some like how she was feeling and some advice. And then also, I remember my brother Tyler actually texted me that morning. So I found out at nighttime that I was not gonna be like moving on. It was at like midnight because they had me stay up because they were going to tell me later on at night whether I was moving on or not. So I didn't end up going to bed until like one in the morning. So then I went to bed really sad, but then I woke up the next day and that's when like my brother Tyler tested me. He tested me this really nice message. He was saying that don't give up on anything because he had a story where he had a dream and like he auditioned for something and then he didn't end up making it. So we quit it altogether. But he told me that was one of the worst decisions he's ever made because he wished he would have kept going. And so he was telling me like not to do that, but to keep going and never give up. And so that really helped as well. Talking to my Nana really helped. And just like waking up and kind of being able to take a deep breath really helped as well. Right. And you know what the cool thing is though, Jacob, is you still get recognition, I think, with that show. Because even if you don't make it far... You still get recognized. I recognize you. And I think, honestly, that audition may live you out. I don't mean yeah. that in a mean way. I mean that in the nicest possible way, if you can imagine. Yeah, thank you so much. And I really do appreciate it. Of course. Now, you, it sounds like the judges and Terry Crews were pretty cool people. So were they like that in behind the scenes as well? Yeah, they were super awesome. Terry Crews was awesome. I loved his energy. And actually, after my audition, he left to go do something else. But then like he came back again to tell me like, hey, I loved your audition. It was super awesome. And so that was really nice of him that he would come back like it, off camera to then tell me again, like your audition was really cool. The judges were also super nice. And so it was just a dream come true to be able to perform for the judges and Terry Crews. And like I said, Simon called me off stage and I had a really nice conversation with him as well. And so it was just really fun to get to perform for all of them. I do want to talk to you more about your PDD NLS diagnoses. So before you were diagnosed, do you remember any of the clues you were showing that made your parents wonder if you had a form of autism? I remember my mom told me that I had a feeding disorder. So I didn't actually start eating until like I was three. And I also had regressive speech. And so I would say things like mama, dad, dad, just for months or something like that. But then I just stopped saying anything. And I only like made grunting noises. So I didn't actually like say any words. I only just made like little noises and stuff. I didn't really have an interest in playing with other kids when I was younger, or I didn't play with toys or anything like that. Um, but I had this like weird obsession for like fans on the ceiling. I would love to watch like my favorite store was Home Depot. And I would love to go to the fan section just to watch them like spin around and everything. I don't know why exactly that is. It was kind of weird. That would be what I would focus on. But yeah, I would go to like different people's houses and everything. Like my first question, whenever I'd see them would be like, it wouldn't even be like, hi, how are you? It would just be like, do you have a fan? And I wouldn't say that just out of being like rude. I just said that because that's what I was focused on. Then obviously I would go talk to them and everything. But still, like, I just needed to know, like, do you have a fan so I could see it? And even if they said no, I would still run around the entire house to see if I could find one. And then I usually- That's pretty cool, man. I like that story. Do you have yeah. a fan now? I do have a fan. I have a fan in the living room. And it's cool because you can like turn on the light in the middle with a switch. Like when we first got that fan, I was also really obsessed with that and like the little remote controller almost. And then we also have some fans upstairs 
Wow, do you still stare at them every once in a while? Sometimes I'll look at them and just kind of like flash back to when I was younger, just kind of like kind of stare at these when I was younger. I don't have as much of an interest for them now because I think now I have more of an interest for like my dreams and goals in life. But still, I think sometimes every once in a while, it's fun to kind of stop and just look at the fan and just reflect on it a little bit. Like this was my childhood. Well, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Good to reflect on past times. Now, I do want to talk about you stated during your audition that you did therapy. So did therapy help you? And if so, can you please share how it did help you? So therapy definitely did help me. I had some feeding therapy. And like I said, I didn't actually start eating until I was about three. I chewed my first solid food when I was three and it was half of a Cheerio. I was able to do that from feeding therapy. And so I'm really thankful for that. Someone else that actually really helped me was Dr. Udell, and he's known as the autism doctor. And he helped me with like my anger and aggression. I had some speech therapy before then. My mom actually told me that I was only really able to repeat what someone else would say. So like, for example, if she would ask me, hey, do you want a drink? I would say, you want a drink. But I would think in my head that I want a drink. All I knew how to say was, you want a drink, because I would just be able to repeat what other people would say. But then with Dr. Udell, he helped me actually start talking in sentences and be able to re like reply to what other people would say and everything and answer questions and stuff like that. I do talk to you now about your music. So is there a reason why you decided to teach yourself how to play various instruments? The first instrument I started playing was piano, and then I started playing drums. So those were my first two instruments. I had a lot of fun with those, and I still have like crazy fun with those. I love both of those instruments. But then during the 2020 quarantine, originally I started playing all the other instruments for America's Got Talent because so in my first audition, I played piano and then I like surprised everyone with the drums. Originally, the plan was for me to like reveal a new instrument each round. I wasn't able to do that, but I still... I didn't want to quit all of the instruments that I was learning because I thought, first of all, this is like the coronavirus quarantine. And I'm barely even able to go outside. So now that kind of made me think, since I'm not able to do as much, why don't I do something else? Like focus on instruments and everything. I could learn more instruments and that could help me with my music and everything like that. And so I've been having a lot of fun with that. And I didn't decide to quit just after America's Got Talent because I was having a lot of fun with playing the instruments and learning them and everything. I love playing a lot of instruments. Yeah, and honestly, no offense when I say this, but who needs to go to the next round? You could still pursue it. That's kind of what my brother was also telling me. Like, don't just give up. Just because, like, something happened where you weren't able to move on. Or even if someone says, oh, you're not good enough. Because I would say to anyone, if someone says that you're not good enough, I would say don't listen to them. Because especially if you have, like, a passion for something and it's something, like, that can help other people and give them joy and everything, I would say definitely keep pursuing what you're doing, no matter what anyone says. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I did a podcast and my parents didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, I'm doing it anyway. But hey, I will say this. Awesome drum choice on the audition, man. I love that song. I love Sentries. That's a, that's a wonderful song. Yeah, I love that song too. I saw it kind of as like I would play piano and then I would reveal the drums and it would be like, you remember me for centuries kind of thing. I also just love that song. I love playing that song on drums. When I started playing drums, that was actually one of the first songs that I learned. I've always loved that song and I've loved how it goes and everything. And so I decided, hey, why don't I do this song? I think it'll be fun.
Yeah, that was a good choice. Now, what about the yards? Do you like Fallout Boy? Yeah, I do like Fallout Boy. For some of the other auditions, I was actually supposed to do more Fallout Boy songs, but I wasn't able to because I didn't end up moving on. Right. But I do really like Fallout Boy. But I would that, say that, that, that you got a good taste in music already, my brother. That is probably one of the best artists out there. Is Century's your favorite, or is there a better Fallout Boy song that you would say? I would say Centuries is my favorite because I love their songs, but like also I feel like with Centuries, it's just like brings back a lot of memories. Like it's the song I played on America's Got Talent. And it's also one of the first songs I learned on drum. Whenever I listen to it or wherever I play it, it just makes me think of all these different like memories from the past. And so I love, like we were saying before, like when I look at fans, it's kind of like that same idea, just like reflecting on the past. Have you seen the music video too? That's pretty cool itself. Yeah, I have seen it. It's really cool. Even though you were teaching by yourself, did you ever have to ask for help? You're like, uh, yeah, I need to redo this and relook at this. Yeah, so I had lessons for certain instruments, but then I taught myself others. So, like, I had lessons for piano. I taught myself a tiny bit at first with piano, but then I started having some lessons. I taught myself drums. Drums was my second instrument. I had some lessons with guitar. I had most lessons with piano. I had piano lessons for about eight years with a few different teachers. Then I started playing drums, just teaching myself, watching YouTube videos. And then with guitar, I watch YouTube videos as well as taking some lessons. And then with cello and saxophone, I took some lessons. And then I also watch YouTube videos and stuff. With ukulele, my sister plays ukulele. And so I kind of played ukulele for a little bit. And then I stopped for a while because we didn't really have a ukulele in the house. But then my sister got a ukulele and I started playing a little bit more again. With ukulele, like, I don't play ukulele as much because I don't like, I usually don't really perform with it because Skylar always plays ukulele and she plays really well. I think for me, I love playing all the other instruments and everything. And like I said, I have lessons for some and then I taught myself others. And also my dad plays piano. So he's the reason I started playing piano in the first place. So he's helped me with some stuff on the piano as well. And it seems like, I'm not saying... Like, your family is not encouraging. I would not say that. But it seems like out of your family, he is probably the most, I don't want to say supportive, but encouraging member out of the yeah. family. I'm not saying, like, they're all, like, oh, he's the only one that's encouraging you. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying, like, he's like, go, Jacob, go, Jacob. He was super energized in the audition, and I thought he was, I thought he's really awesome. I think everyone is really encouraging in their different ways, especially, like, in my family. Everyone has their different roles and everything. And so my dad's really awesome because he can help me with when I'm playing piano and stuff. He can help me with musical ideas. And even though he doesn't play every other instrument, he can, like, give me musical ideas and everything, and I could s still kind of figure it out on the other instruments and then my mom is awesome she makes my food and also because she also helps me with some of my speech stuff so like sometimes like if I'm in a conversation maybe and I'm not sure what to say even if I'm by myself I'll come back home and ask my mom like hey what do you think I should have said in this situation or maybe so I know for next time so she's been a really big support in my journey in that as well and Skylar's really awesome because she's just like fun to work with I used to perform all the time by myself, like kind of how you saw in America's Got Talent. And then I started performing with all of my instruments and everything. But I would say performing with Skylar, it was really cool because I was able to do it with other people. And I think having other people on the stage, especially my sister, was just really awesome because it's not that it's like lonely up there because I kind of have the crowd to feed off of and stuff, but there's like even more energy on the stage. And Skylar has a lot of energy that much more energy and everything. I relate to that too. I do the same thing. So my issue is sometimes I call it the phrase, they're, phrase, phrase, they're blowing smoke. Have you ever heard that before where they're pretending to be nice, but they just really want you like to get away from you? Yeah. I, I cannot tell that. 
I have been never able to tell that through my whole entire life. So it's hard for me. Like, um, are you really being genuine right now? Are you actually being really nice? Are you just saying what you're saying because you want to be nice and you just don't want to hurt my feelings? And right. I'd rather prefer you say, I hate you and get away. That's what I honestly rather prefer. And then yeah. also I do the same thing because if you know me well enough, I have no filter whatsoever. Yeah. I call it FIMS, foot and mouth syndrome, where I'd be impulsive and basically do something that seems funny, but then it comes across as rude. Like this, yeah. for example, basically if we were friends and it wouldn't be mean spirited, but as a little prank, I basically try to shave your head <laughs> and then make a wig out of it for you. Oh, that's funny. So for me, I, what I've found a lot is that my mom has helped me with kind of that side of it, of like, I'm really also impulsive in a lot of the things I say, especially if I'm really energized and I like being around the people at church and everything. I keep saying church because that's the only place where I really have people, like friends my age and everything, because I'm homeschooled and stuff. If I, like I'm impulsive or something like that, my mom's been helping me like figure out how to deal with those kinds of situations and everything. Again, like I was saying before, like learn from past experiences and everything and kind of like what to say here and what to say there, what not to say here, what not, like, and what to say with this person, what to say to that person kind of thing. To be honest, Jacob, I'm not saying, Jacob, you go to church. Oh, that's gross. I'm not saying that, but that's why from a personal experience, I could never go to church because I have no filter. And if it makes you feel any better, you can be as impulsive as you want to around me. So. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> no problem, man. Not a problem. I do it. My parents are kind of like that. I'm not saying they're impulsive. I mean, we're just very strong personalities. Would you consider that maybe you have a very strong personality? Maybe that's why you're impulsive sometimes? I would say probably that has a little something to do with it. And so my mom's kind of helping me tame that a little bit. Yeah. So I don't just say whatever's on my mind because then that way I'll be able to communicate better with other people and sort of make better friendships and have more relationships she says like this is something that maybe she's not always as comfortable talking to people as well and so that's like the same with me i'm not always as comfortable talking to people because like i'm worried about what i'm gonna say and so she said like but she's learned a lot from past experiences and everything and so she's been helping me with that and like grow in that side of my life as well good and that's my way too i learned through talking i learned hey you know i was gonna like what you want but yeah. i'm glad you enjoy it and i'm glad it's fulfilling your purpose and I learned through others, I learned a lot of valuable lessons from my parents. My The one I learned through my father was hard work. Hard work does pay off. I, I still believe that. They always say work smarter, not harder. I hate that phrase. I hate it. Because no, that's not right. You work your butt off. I would say like both are true. Work smarter and harder. But sometimes working smarter is harder for me. Sometimes I need my parents' help for stuff like that too, is like working smarter and stuff like that and especially in the situation i've been working really hard at it but i don't necessarily know as much how to work smarter with it especially something like this it's just kind of one of those things where i gotta like learn more as i'm doing it. for me i'd rather take the extra step because one it shows character but two i would feel awful if i take the route with less work i i hate that and i think it's just because i think well to show that i'm actually passionate about this here's the deal what is your favorite music genre to play and why? Because you play a lot. You play a lot of pop, a lot of rock. I haven't heard you play country yet. Are you planning on playing that at some point? I might play a little country sometime. But right now, I've been playing a lot of like rock 
blues. Like I've been doing some like Eric Clapton and stuff like that. I've been doing a lot of pop. Sometimes I'll do pop with kind of like a dash of funk. What I've been doing a lot more of recently is like contemporary Christian music. Like it's kind of like different contemporary Christian music. It's almost like a pop style, but it's it's like the message is kind of like Christian in a sense, kind of like a pop style, but then almost like some songs have a dash of funk. There's one song that we've actually started doing, Skylar and I. It's like has a Christian message, but it's almost like a punk rock kind of song. Oh, I and love so, that. And please tell me you like Skillet. Please tell me you love them. I love Skillet. Yes! Um, so, Go so take them! I actually was supposed to do a Skillet song for my America's Got Talent audition, but then it wasn't able to get like approved. And so I ended up doing Centuries, which I think Centuries is an awesome song. And I'm really glad that I actually got to do Centuries. But yeah, I still also love Skillet. Now I'm curious, which Skillet song was it? It was uh, legendary. Yes, that's awesome, brother. I download that, yeah. man. Here's the deal. I'm very picky with songs, so if I download it, I like it. Let's put it that way. Do you listen to music, though, too? I mean, not just play it, but listen to it. I love to listen to music. A lot of music that I've been around recently is the stuff I'm doing with Skylar. So, like, a lot of times, I'll get ideas for doing certain songs with Skylar, listening to the radio or listening to music. Like, I'll hear some songs that I'll be like, oh, that song, I think Skylar could sing that song well. Or, like, that song has a good message. Or, like, that song, like, feels really cool. It's, like, kind of fun to dance to or whatever. So, like, I want to do that song. And so, like, we kind of have a mix of covers and also originals. And so, like, a lot of the covers I hear on either the radio or some covers I'll hear. Like I said, I've said a bunch of times that I go to church. And like, I'm actually like the music director at the youth section of the church I'm going to. And so I've been, I'm around that music all the time. And so I'm always listening to different kinds of music. I'm always just like around music. Like usually whatever I'm doing has something to do with music. Yeah. It's like everywhere around. Like, do you visit music museums? Have you ever visited one of those before? I have not. For me, I'd love to visit a music museum. I've seen like documentaries of museums. And stuff like that. I saw like this band called For King and Country did like a documentary. I think it was kind of related to music, but also kind of like biblical stuff. So that was kind of cool. But then I've I've seen different kinds of uh, museums like that. And I thought I've always been interested in doing something like that. But I haven't gotten the chance to do that yet. Okay, buddy, I'm telling you this right now. If you're a music fan, you haven't lit until you visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Okay. You gotta go see that. It is awesome. They have like a like a full Elvis section. They have like some of the old blues, like from fifties to sixties. And then I didn't know that they thought rock music was certainly the devil's music until I actually went there. I, I didn't know about that until now. Yeah, or not, but it was really cool that they have was TVs and it showed their inductions. Oh, that's really cool. You gotta check it out, brother. And then I guess a bonus one is if, if you watch the movie. A Christmas story. They had the Christmas story house. So, oh, that's really cool. There's a there's a bonus attraction there for you. Now, I do see you appeared on lots of shows such as Good Morning America, CNN, The Steve Harvey Show, and The View. So, how'd you get to appear on those shows? So, when I was really young, I started posting videos on YouTube, and then one day, Local Ten News in Florida actually reached out to come like the same day that they reached out they said hey we're gonna be there in like 30 minutes and so we had to like prepare really quick for them to come over and then the next day after they aired it good morning america and cnn had called to say we're gonna fly you to like these locations to have you film come on the news and everything and so it was just super awesome and fun 
And I also think that like being on these kind of shows and everything has helped me also a little bit with like answering questions and my communication skills. And so, yeah, I think that's really awesome as well. I mean, yeah. talking to people does help with communication skills, but and I don't want to say you don't get nervous, but do you still get, because you say before you don't get nervous, but do you still get like the dead dog thing, I call it, where you're like, uh, or? So sometimes I do get a little bit nervous, but it's like a lot less than it was before. It's not as much nervous, but I almost feel more so like I'm so excited that like I feel like, like this, like I feel like. I'm shaking a lot because I'm so excited to go out there and like do my thing. I could definitely tell you had energy in your audition. So that energy still lives in you. Yes, for sure. And I would say, especially I remember the moment, like when the producer was about to, like he was having me go on the stage and he said, I'll never forget these words. He said, three, two, one, go. And that's like, literally, I heard him say three, two. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have like two seconds before I'm going on stage. I remember standing there. And just being like, oh, I can't wait. I'm super nervous, but I can't wait. And he said, three, two, one, go. And I ran out. You know what you should have done? You, you play the electric guitar. Do you, I do or... play electric guitar. You should have ran out and just go. <laughs> then they'd be like, hi, what's your name? <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. I actually didn't play electric guitar at the time because I started learning it after like my audition. The only instruments I played at the time were piano and drums when I auditioned. But then after that is when I started learning all the other instruments. Now, out of the shows, what was your favorite to appear on? I loved all the shows I've been on. I think they were super fun. But I would definitely say that Steve Harvey was really awesome. He was really funny. He was, like, really, really nice. And he told me that God had a plan when he made it. So that was really awesome. It was that, really- that is awesome. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Steve Harvey. So you've answered the question that they're true. Let's put it that way. Right. Now, what are future appearances? Do you plan on making any future appearances for on TV? So, actually... This isn't necessarily TV, but Tyler and I, my sister, have this show coming up called The Jake and Sky Show, and it's coming up. It's on August 6th and 7th, so it's, like, actually this coming weekend. And I just did an interview with Space Coast Daily on Facebook because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in Cocoa Beach, Florida on August 6th at 7 p.m., and it's going to be at Vero Beach on August 7th in the afternoon so it's going to be super awesome and i can't wait for it and also coming up in just a few days on august 3rd i have an interview on the arts blast on the air radio and somewhere you can also find me if there's anyone living in if there's anyone who lives in florida or like pembroke pines area i would say you can find me at potential church that's the church i've been talking about a bunch but we have services on saturday at 5 45 p.m and Sunday at 9.45 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. I do have listeners in Florida, so I just want to let oh, that's you know awesome. right now. So definitely, so, probably, you'll hear some from Florida. That's awesome. You also got endorsed by Taylor Swift, which I think is awesome. So how did you hear about Taylor Swift endorsing you? So Taylor Swift actually tweeted me on Twitter after I did a piano medley of her 1989 album. And she tweeted me and said, I have to give you a hug for that beautiful piano that you played. And then she invited me to her show in Miami on her 1989 tour. And she invited me to come backstage and meet her, which was super awesome. It was awesome. Was she pretty cool too? Like she pretty, pretty nice person? Yeah, she was really nice. It was really awesome to meet her. That's awesome. Now what about Jojo Sweet? How'd you get the chance to meet her? I met Jojo Siwa. I remember feeling like a little bit starstruck 
So what I'd actually been doing is I would post on YouTube. Like I would post a lot of different covers and also just like different instrument covers. Like I would either do drums for the most part, or I would like incorporate drums and like other instruments that I played to do covers of her songs. It's really cool because she actually like saw them. So I, I did all those YouTube videos and then she, she was on her tour, uh, the D-R-E-A-M tour, and she came to Florida as well. I was able to go to the show, which was awesome. And then she messaged me on Instagram and said, hey, can't wait for you to come to the show. And I said, oh, thank you so much. And then I went to the show. Apparently someone like came to my mom while I wasn't looking. So like the four of us were there, my me, my sisters, my dad, and my, my mom. And apparently one of her people came up to my mom and said, hey, while I wasn't looking, I was focused on the show. So it was like behind me. So I couldn't see. And so the person went up to my mom and said, hey, uh, don't tell Jacob, um, we're going to surprise him after the show. And so after the show was done, we were kind of just sitting there, everyone left. And then the person came up and said, hey, come back over here. The dancers want to take some pictures with you. Like JoJo C was dancers. And so I was like, oh, cool. That sounds awesome. Little did they know it was JoJo C who wanted it. Exactly. So it was JoJo C with dancers were also there. And then so like we went backstage just to her dancers. And then she like popped out of this room. Like there was a door net like next to us. And then she like, she just like walked through and was like, hey, I'm here. It was kind of funny. I didn't expect it. So it was almost kind of like funny a little bit when it happened, but it was also like really awesome. She gave me a hug and everything. And it was super great to meet her. She was really nice. Now yeah. you have had other celebrities endorse you. So if you have met other celebrities, which ones and what platforms do they have? So I met Harry Connick Jr. And he invited me on stage at one of his shows he invited me on stage to play piano and drums and it was super awesome i actually played piano and then i went off the stage thinking i was done and then he was like hey no jacob come play drums real quick it was really cool that of him to do that and i had a lot of fun with him and then uh gloria estefan actually came to my performance i did a, a performance a little while ago for saint jude and she came to my performance it was back when i was playing just piano and so she came to see the performance and that was really awesome i haven't actually met this common person his name's stevie t i've never met him in person he's my favorite youtuber he plays guitar and like i said i didn't meet him in person but we collaborated for a youtube video so after america's got talent he reached out to me and said hey i saw you did a drum cover of one of my songs because he wrote a song and put it on youtube and then i did like a drum cover of it and then after i was on agt he said hey uh you want to do like a collaboration and so it was super awesome. It was like a dream come true to be able to do that with him. It sounds like it was a dream come true. I mean, you're meeting a lot of people, brother. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No problem. Yeah, it's, huh? it's an honor to meet you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate her. Now, I do want to talk about school a little bit. So you say that you were homeschooled, but did you get any resources to help to help you become more successful, like an extra time on test or anything like that? Yeah, so actually, when I was in public school, I got extra time on my tests a little bit. So that was really helpful. Because like, for me, I would overanalyze everything. And I was just like, I wouldn't be able to move on to the next question if I didn't like spend a good amount of time on the one I was on and just to make sure it was right and everything. The Gardner Scholarship, it helps me pay for my instruments and my music lessons. And also uh, the Miami Heat DJ. His name is DJ Ari. He bought me a Fender Stratocaster, which is a really cool type of electric guitar. And so I'm, I'm really blessed to have that. And my dad's boss at work actually bought me 
a Gibson Les Paul standard, which is another really awesome kind of electric guitar. Like, I'm really blessed to have that kind of, like, instruments and everything. And a fan from Budapest, he doesn't want me to mention his name, he actually got me, it's called a Furch, and it's a really beautiful acoustic guitar. It sounds amazing, and so I'm super, super thankful to him to have that. And if he's watching, I just want to say thank you very much for that. If any of the people who are watching have helped me at all in my journey. Thank you very much for helping me. And also, I have some endorsements with WFL3 drums, and they actually gave me this beautiful custom drum kit. It's like red sparkle, and it's just really awesome. It sounds great. It's really fun to play. And I'm also endorsed with PRS guitars. I'm a Pulse artist, which means I get discounts on uh, PRS instruments and everything that's cool so you got sponsors right and it's really Uh, i got sponsors too brother that's awesome yeah having having sponsors is fun because it's like especially with people like that are really nice and stuff and also people that like you look up to and stuff it's really awesome to be able to like partner with those people i'm with you and you're talking about overanalyzing with school i do the same thing it especially comes to math that's when i do it it's when how good are you with word problems, just out of curiosity? I'm all right. For me, like, I'm homeschooled, and my, like I said before, but my schedule is, like, I don't really have as much of a schedule. It's I usually just kind of follow my sister's schedule. Like, my teacher is just, I watch, like, pre-recorded videos right. of, like, someone teaching the lesson. So I right. don't and I'm wondering, though, when you watch those videos, do you look at the problem too much? Sometimes what will happen is I'll be looking at the problem so much and trying to figure it out. And then I'll just be like, oh, this is boring. And then I'll just like, sometimes I'll either go to another class or I'll just like get distracted. But something I've been really trying to work on, especially recently, is like not letting that like overanalyzing and everything. Like trying to figure out the problem and what it means and stuff. Not letting that like get distracted and everything and like losing hope or anything like that. My issue is when there comes to two big numbers. Like when they say, okay, you add 30 here and I got 40 and I got 70 and I got 80 and I got 90 and I got 10. Okay, what do you do with them? Ain't gonna, yeah. ain't gonna tell me? Well, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. What did your peers think about from church when you were about you going on America's Got Talent? My peers are really supportive. Before I started going to church is when I was on America's Got Talent. So I didn't actually start going to church around just like a year ago. I went on America's Got Talent and it was super awesome because I didn't have a whole lot of like peers at the time, but I got a whole lot of messages on social media and everything. And so that was really awesome. I have like a few friends that I've met in the past, like when I was really young, and they messaged me too, and it was really awesome. And I've still kept in contact with them and everything. And then also when I went to church, and then when everyone found out, like people still at church are saying stuff like, hey, I saw your audition, and it was awesome. It was inspiring and everything. It was, it's really awesome to be able to kind of hear that feedback that I'm making people smile and stuff. That's awesome, man. Do you get recognized? Like, do you travel at all like, outside of Florida, and do you get recognized, like, at airports or anything like that? I've traveled at a lot of different places because to go on the news stations and everything, um, and also to perform at different places. I also actually got recognized once at Chick-fil-A. It was after, like, a rehearsal. We were on the way back home. And then I went to Chick-fil-A and then one of the people who worked there was like, hey, were you on America's Got Talent? And I was like, I was on America's Got Talent. And so it was super awesome because they were really nice and everything. And I love to travel and everything like that as well. Oh, me too, man. I love to travel myself. You did state you ended up in the Space Coast Sympathy 
orchestra. So how did that happen? The conductor of the orchestra, his name's Aaron Collins. He's really awesome. He actually reached out to me on Twitter when I was seven years old. And I'm 14 now, so I've known him literally half my life. And he sponsored my first solo concert when I was eight years old. So my first ever concert that was like just kind of for me and everything. He was the one who sponsored it. And so it was really awesome. I'm really thankful for him. And I'm super excited because the Jaden Stein show coming up on August 6th and 7th, Space Coast Symphony Orchestra is actually also going to be sponsored. So I'm super excited to be able to perform for them as well. Now, you also are a part of a lot of charities. So can you list some of the charities you've been a part of? I've been a part of Autism Speaks. I've done work with the Friendship Circle. I've done work with UNICEF. I've performed at the Doug Flutie Foundation, actually at the Rock and Raise Gala. And I've worked with Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America. I performed an event for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And I performed at Special Olympics. I performed at the 2022 USA Games. I performed at Camino Azul in Brazil. And I performed at Citizen Advocacy of Ottawa in Canada. So that was really awesome as well. Now, that does sound awesome. Man, I mean, you've done a lot, brother, since the, the appearance, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Not a problem. Now, how'd you get to perform with Kenny G, and what was that like? Performing with Kenny G was pretty crazy, and it was a virtual event, so it was a little more of, like, a collaboration, and everyone kind of, like, sent in their own part, and there was, like, lots of different musicians and lots of different instruments being played and everything. Everyone kind of sent in their own part, and so it was all put together for like this big song and everything. And so it was really awesome to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, Kenny G played saxophone, obviously. And he played like, he played amazing. Whenever I watch him play, like I also play saxophone. And I love like his like sound and everything. It's different than a lot of other people, like saxophone sounds that you might hear. Now, my next question involving Kenny G is, do you try to use, it sounds like you still try to play some of his songs. So my question is, do you try to play Kenny G's songs how do you add a Jacob Velasquez twist? So first of all, I play an alto saxophone, and I believe Kenny G plays a soprano saxophone. So the soprano saxophone is a lot higher pitched, and it's also a little bit smaller. And the one he tends to play is like long ways, kind of like this, almost kind of like a flute, where it's just like more of a stick kind of thing. So he plays that kind of style, and so that's kind of his sound as well. And also, I can still play his songs, but it already sounds different because I have a different kind of saxophone. And also, it sounds different when I, I like to add a lot of times, like, I like to add my own little lines and stuff like that, like, change up some of the notes and stuff like that, just to kind of be able to express myself as a musician. Okay, why don't you tell us a line that you changed? So there's some parts where literally it'll just, like, maybe there's a part that has just two notes or something like that. And I'll do like, maybe it sounds like this, ba da or something like that. And I'll do like, ba da 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 just to add a little bit of like my own sound into right. it. Right, right, right. Like yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I just, I just think it'd be kind of cool to add a twist to it. Cause I think my belief is you gotta make something your own. You can play the same song, but you right. gotta make it your own. Right. And I think like, no matter what, no matter who plays something, it's always going to sound different, even if it's like in the slightest, slightest of ways. 
it'll sound different just because it's like a different person playing it. And it's like, if you're playing saxophone, just like different breath support and everything. If it's piano, just like different fingers and different like kind of feelings and like touch and everything like that. All those little details make a huge difference. Yeah, they definitely make a difference. And when you percept it differently, yes, totally. Now, I gotta say, man, I admire this. So at seven years old, you had your first album, like Rap Brother. While you were doing that, I was trying to figure out what action figure I won at seven years old. So that's pretty, like, just awesome, man. So my question to you is, how did you learn you were going to have an album at seven years old? So my dad actually knew a music producer. And so we went to his studio. And I remember it was like a playground for me. I loved being in there. I loved hearing all the music come out of the speakers and everything. And one of my favorite parts was like, I would wear the headphones and stuff. I would put the headphones on. So then that way I would be able to hear what I was playing on the piano. And I would be able to hear what I was playing too, like the track I was playing to and everything. I can't believe that still at seven years old. Just wow. What kind of songs were on that album? So at the time when I was seven, I was playing a lot of like classical music. And so it's almost like classical mixed with like EDM, like sort of dance, like electronic kind of music. Have you heard the song One More Time by Daft Punk? I'm familiar with Daft Punk. I've never heard that song before. If you could reroute that, if you were seven at that time, brother, you should have played that song. That would be up your alley. It's definitely like electronic and EDMT. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, ch check that out, brother. Now, I am curious. You got nominated for the Doug Flutie Spectrum Family Award. So how'd you get nominated for that, man? It's like a really, it's a really cool story. It's kind of a little bit of a long story, but I'm going to tell you. So it's- Long story uh, short, right? <laughs> right. So the Flutie Foundation asked Skylar and I to perform at their annual Rock and Rays Gala in Boston, Massachusetts, which was really, really awesome. And a few weeks before the event, before we flew out to Boston, we found out that we were being honored with the Spectrum Family Hope Award, which was awesome. And the award is for siblings on the autism spectrum who are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of other people and families with autism. And so it was really awesome to receive that award. I've never worked with anyone like the Flutie Foundation, and I've worked with a lot of different organizations, but the Flutie Foundation just really supports their people in a way that I've never seen before. And so it was really awesome for that. It's just really awesome because everyone's really nice and everything. And so it was just such an honor to receive that award. What does that award that represent to you? To Jacob Velasquez, what does award represent? It's an award that I received with Skylar. And so, like I was saying before, I would usually just do everything by myself. I would perform by myself and everything. This was the first time that I actually did something and then I got the reward with Skylar. So it was just super awesome for that. And I can't wait for it to move forward with Skylar and everything. And like I said, I've worked with like lots of different organizations, but there's no one quite like the Flutie Foundation. They just support their people in a way like I've never seen before. And I've worked with quite a few organizations but yeah, that's just, they're just really awesome. And they're really nice and everything too. And I love like to even just like going there beforehand and setting up and everything is just fun because like, they're so nice and everything. Did you mention my name? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks. Why not? Right <laughs> now, these are just for fun. So these are like the last few, but they're just for fun, man. So what is your paradise meal? And why is it your favorite? I've never actually heard that term. So does that mean like my favorite, favorite food? Food. All right, my favorite food. I like a lot of different foods, and it depends on the restaurant. It depends on the restaurant the restaurant I'm at or what I have a taste for. Either that or maybe I'm just at home eating or whatever. But right at this moment, I would say my favorite meal to eat at home, I would say, is like a nice like spaghetti with toast on the side. 
Oh, um, yeah. yeah. What about meat? Do you like meat in it? Like spaghetti and meatballs or just like plain old spaghetti? Yeah. Or do you like the Parmesan cheese? I don't care for the Parmesan cheese. I like the noodles and the meatballs. And what I like to do is take a bite of the spaghetti and then like take a little bite of the, a little bite of the toast. There's a restaurant called Zab Thai and Sushi. I love to get like the shrimp tempura rolls there. And I also like, they have like some really good California rolls. So I usually when I get rolls, those are the two rolls that I get, the shrimp tempura and the California, because I like those like together. I don't eat them at the same time because rolls are big and I wouldn't be able to like eat two rolls at once. And also I like to be able to like eat one and then digest it and then eat the next. Uh, sounds like you're probably, I can answer your paradise meal. And it sounds like a big bowl of spaghetti and meatballs and then just a side of sushi is what it sounds like. Right, exactly. Sounds like it, yeah. Now, what is your favorite movie or TV show and why do you like it? My favorite TV show, I don't actually watch a whole ton of TV now because I'm always doing music stuff. But I would say my favorite TV show is called The Chosen. And I love it because it's a, it's a show about jesus and his like chosen disciples and i found it very interesting because to see like how they might have acted and it, it probably it probably won't be 100 percent accurate because it's like such a long time since then but it's interesting i thought to see how like they might have acted it how the characters and everything might have acted after reading about them in the bible and then like reading about them after kind of almost gives them more of like a personal side of it and what is your favorite vacation that you have ever taken and why did you enjoy that vacation very much I love visiting my family in Lehigh Acres, Florida. And I love also visiting my family in New Jersey. And I love spending time with family because I don't get to see them all the time. And so it's just really nice to spend time with them. And also some of my family is going to be coming to the Jake and Sky show on August 6 and 7. So I'm really excited to see them then. And I haven't seen some of my family from New Jersey in a while. They're the ones that I usually don't see as often. The last time I saw them was like last... It was probably towards the end of last year, I'm pretty sure. But then the time before that, I haven't seen them in like three years before then. And so it's really awesome that I'm getting to see them a little more often. But I still haven't seen them in a while, so I'm excited to see them. Do you guys go out and do fun things, though, while you visit them? Like, do you do like find amusement parks, find museums, find putt-putt, or anything like that? Usually the amusement park is their house. There's a lot of different things to do in their house, like upstairs a lot of times. We'll go in the bedrooms and like uh, sometimes we'll play video games and stuff. And then sometimes we'll come downstairs and then we'll eat food or whatever. And then we can go outside and then they have a huge, like a huge trampoline. They also have a basketball hoop so we could do that. And then they have some bikes and scooters so like we could go up and down the hill and stuff. And then they also have a basement which has a lot of different stuff in there. It's just fun to be there with them because there's a lot of different like fun things to do. A lot of different ways to like hang out and have fun. Kind of like that. Um, a certain thing we have, we have like a bar and we okay. have like a pool table and that's kind of like my music park to go chill yeah. out kind of a chill out yeah. music park is what you call it. Maybe pool is fun. I've never actually played like real pool, but I've played pool on like, a, like a video game kind of version. Yeah. Well, uh, let me guess. Did you use Wii play? I did use Wii play. Okay. Yep. I figured I have, I, you know, I heard you're a wizard on Wii. What games did you play on the Wii? My favorite game on the Wii. I don't really play a whole lot of Wii anymore, but when I did, okay. So like my favorite disc was the Wii play and I love it because like it had a lot of different kinds of games on it. And like you said, I, I would play the pool game. I would say my favorite game out of all of them are that was the tank game. And I remember I got to, and I remember getting to level 20 because the first time you get to level 20 and you beat it, it just like ends and says, oh, that's the final mission. You're done or whatever. But then if you try it again, it brings you to a level 100 and then you go past level 20. And so I liked that. That was my favorite game. 
because I like that's, kind of, that's kind cool. Of I still have the Wii. Yeah, I still, I still have one. Use, I just don't use it all that. Like, yeah, all. I, I need to get remotes, but I got other priorities right now. Let's put it that right, way. Exactly. Now, are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before you answer this question, I like to end with like a good memory that made you feel good inside. And that could be from America's Got Talent, could be from just as a family member, just from your sister, whatever. But then I need a funny memory that made you just fall on the floor laughing. And that could be, again, with America's Got Talent, with family. It's your call how you want to answer it. So I would say this one memory will probably cover both of those. So I remember I was in New Jersey with my cousins. It was like a couple of years ago, right? And so we we went to a restaurant first, and then we came back. And I, I remember I ate spaghetti at the restaurant. And then we came back to their house. And then what ha- what ended up happening was all of the lights went out because there was a storm. So put all the power out. And what we ended up doing, and here's here's kind of the funny part. I remember we grabbed flashlights to, so we could see. So originally, we were just going to play flashlights. Like we were just going to have the flashlights so we were able to see everything. Then we ended up starting to like play Luigi's Mansion in real life. That's actually not a bad idea. Why not? Yeah, it was just making something that like, oh, no, the lights are up. But then making it fun. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well turn negativity into positivity in some shape or form. You right. Should, did one of you guys dress up as Luigi? I don't think we had a costume. One of us pretended to be Luigi. I think what actually happened was all of us pretended to be Luigi. And then there was like one ghost that we were going to chase and everything. It was a lot of fun because I think like it was fun to have the flashlights and have fun with that at first. But after a while, it was like, oh, this is a little boring just holding flashlights in the dark. So then we made it more fun. Wait, so were you Luigi at all? Did you play Luigi at all? I did play Luigi. So I remember what happened was I think me and like all of my cousins pretended to be Luigi. So there was like four Luigis, and at least in the version we played. Um, Let's hear your Luigi impression. Hello there. My brother is Mario. I don't have a good impression because I haven't heard Luigi's voice. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I, I can do Mario. I can do Hello. But that's it. Yeah, that that was way more accurate than my than my little like just deep voice or whatever. Yeah, and here's I can try Luigi. Let me try. Hey, that's it. I can also do that. Sound yeah. That there you go. That's my, way more accurate. Also, may I'll start singing Mario and all from the other side. <laughs> all right. Well, Jacob, I think that's all. Is there any closing remarks or anything you want to promote, promote before we head out? Okay. So I would love to say thank you so much again for having me. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Jacob Velasquez Official. It's J-A-C-O-B-V-E-L-A-C-Q-U-E-Z and then official. And then on YouTube, you can find me at Jacob Velasquez. Jacob spelled the same way. Velasquez, V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z spelled the same way. Is there a way for people to contact you? They want If they hear this, like, oh my God, I want them on the show or... They want to hear you sing or anything like that? You can find me on my website at jacobvelasquez.com. There's a contact section, so you can contact me if you'd like. Okay, awesome. Well, again, thank you for coming on. I'm glad you we made this work out, and I hope you have a wonderful day, man. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day as well. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. Refer and back to my old ways. Them got to be in control, they